This is episode four of season two of the Simplify and Multiply show. And I'm so glad you're here because today I'm going to be talking about how fear can stop you from taking action and how to reverse it. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. I'm really enjoying this particular season because it's raw, unfiltered, and in-your-face real. I'm sharing my biggest fears in business and things I've dealt with in my life, as well as inviting my guests to share their fear challenges as well as what they've done to overcome them. And as a solopreneur, I have faced fear head-on and managed my way through it, often embarrassingly so. Have my fears held me back from playing bigger? Absolutely. Have my fears stopped me from growing my business to be greater than it is now? Definitely. I'll be the first to admit it, and it's funny because as I say these things, my mind is giving me mental justifications for these inactions, and it's a loud voice like, oh, I didn't want to grow my business too large and then have to manage tons of people and projects and clients, or oh, I didn't want to do retreats or off-sites with clients or a mastermind because, well, you know, everybody's doing that, so why would anyone participate in mine? Plus, it's a lot of work, and I, you know, I just don't want to take time away from serving my current clients. You know, whenever you hear yourself, either mentally or out loud, make statements like that, those excuses, pay attention. What's at the heart of them is fear doubt, and anxiety. And you know what? That's okay. Any new territory that's untested in your life is going to give you pause. Unless you've trained yourself to embrace unknowns and what would normally be a fearful situation, your brain is going to want to protect you and keep you safe. When you combine that physiological response to perceived threats with your lifelong conditioning and stories about who you are and what you can and cannot do, no wonder you can't get anything done. It's the perfect cocktail of inaction. And here's the irony. People think that inaction or not doing anything is really not doing anything. But in fact, it is still action. You're choosing not to do anything, and that is doing something. (laughs) I know it's a brain twister, but it's the truth. We try to protect ourselves by not taking action when it's the worst kind of action to take. Nothing. At the very minimum, a better action to take is to just think about it differently. Why? Because that's where everything starts, in the mind. You know, I'll be the first person to admit that I don't like confrontation. 
It's embedded in my family's DNA, and I've been blessed with it too. I learned it from my dad and saw him suffer through some pretty harsh conditions when I was growing up because he didn't want to confront painful issues. It contributed to his cynicism during his mid-50s, but thankfully he got more seasoned about it, and as he got older, I saw him turn it around. You know, not that he ran around confronting people like someone who had just completed like a year of gestalt therapy, no. The way I saw it was that it was kind of more of a mixture of not giving a crap and going for it anyway, combined with being a lot clearer as to what his priorities were. And, you know, that made him happy because he'd figured out on his own a way of dealing with a behavior that really didn't serve him. Now, most people don't like confrontation because it's, well, it's the next door neighbor of fear, right? It triggers the fear response similar to what we experience in actual fearful situations, you know, that fight or flight response. And you know what? It totally sucks that we're so negatively impacted by our body's evolutionary responses. But in those rare and hopefully absent situations where we really need that fear response, we have it as a fallback, and that's a good thing. So when we look at our business, how can we assess areas where we are either, number one, avoiding confrontational situations, or number two, in total inaction because of hidden, unaddressed fears? Okay, let's get this on the court with a real-life example. All right. Now, I know a solopreneur who is fantastic at her craft, absolutely the best. When she's in the midst of doing her thing, she is so in the zone, she's cruising, she's creative, and she's super happy. That's why we do what we do, right, as solopreneurs? Well, it's one of the reasons. Anyway, she has one fear. She hates prospecting because she dreads rejection. So what she does is she avoids doing the right things she needs to do to build her pipeline, such as, you know, searching for and connecting with prospective clients and building relationships with the people who can refer her clients. Instead, she does things that she finds easier and more comfortable, such as going to like useless social meetups or networking events in her town. Uh, She joins the Chamber of Commerce and attends their events, you know, that sort of stuff. Now, don't get me wrong, she still can get leads from it, but it's hit or miss, especially because she has a very target niche audience and they don't often attend those types of events. Now, here's the kicker. She feels as if she's building her pipeline because she is doing something. And yes, she is doing something, but what she's doing is playing it safe and softening the chances of rejection because she's pitching an audience that in no way would even consider working with her because they don't have the problem she solves. So they're technically not rejecting her because they really weren't even in the realm of considering working with her to begin with. Now, I know that seems like an unusual scenario, but it actually happens. I know someone who's dealing with that exact situation. That's why I use that as an example. Now, most of us are doing this unconsciously for the same exact reason, but we blame it on our ineffective marketing or the marketplace or our industry or external influences that are not under our control. We come up with stories about it to make sense of why we're not making progress why we're not making sales, 
and why the sales we do make end up being headaches from the get-go. We're putting ourselves in front of people who are not our people. So in this example, what do you think the inaction is? The inaction, or action if we're being honest, that she's taking is she's putting herself in situations where there is low risk of rejection. Her fear is that someone will say, no, thank you, in a scenario where they are a perfect fit for her as a client. So let's examine this for a second. She presents herself as a solution to an ideal prospect. They're perfect for her, right? And they in turn say, no, thank you. And since they are an ideal fit, meaning they have the money, they have the time, they have an exact problem that she can fix easily, and they're willing to get help, etc., then there must be some other reason that they say no. Now, depending on what is behind her insecurity around rejection, she may rationalize this response to be one that is either personal, such as that prospect just did not like her, also known as rejected her, or she did something wrong in her presentation of her solution, or it could be both. Now, let's continue pulling on this thread. So after this interaction happens, the offer, the rejection, the rationalization, what decision do you think she makes as a result? Does she decide that the prospect was not a prospect after all? Does she write it off as that person just not knowing what they're missing? Does she brush herself off and move on to the next prospect? Maybe. More than likely, because of past conditioning that is reinforcing the fear of rejection, it will instead feed the insecurity and fear. She will continue to have more fear around prospecting because she has evidence she's not worth hiring. And that's pretty huge, isn't it? This is the trickery our minds play on us. This is why mindset and understanding how all of this works in our bodies is so important to our having success in business. And you know, I can relate to her story. I used to have, and to some degree still have it eke into my week from time to time, fears related to prospecting. And I used to be the queen of inaction when it came to reaching out to my target audience to build relationships and have helpful, helpful conversations. I'd create all kinds of busy work as excuses for why I wasn't on the phone or email every day, connecting with people in a productive business building way. So my inaction was disguised as busy work and, you know, oh, I got to take care of my clients. And over here, I needed to do this. I needed to prepare so you can see how seductive it can be. Now, I remember coaching I got from a mentor about this behavior. She said, Terry, why don't you just not do the research and just pick up the phone and call them? What would happen? And I was like, I felt insulted. Like my process was, you know, being, <laughs> I had to defend my process about how I prospected. But what she was implying was that prospecting wasn't something I needed to be as prepared as I thought I needed to be to do. I was using the research, the preparation, and all that stuff as a reason why I wasn't doing what I needed to be doing to grow my business. <laughs> hey, I have no problem calling myself out because this is what I had to overcome in order to grow my business. Now, is the resistance still there every time I go to pick up the phone or call someone new? Of course it is. That's my fear response hard at work. 
But let me tell you, not unlike ripping off a Band-Aid, once I get on the phone with someone, I always end up having a great conversation. And you know what? (laughs) If they're a total dick, why would I want to work with them anyway, right? So it's like a filtration system. Now, I have totally changed my mindset around prospecting, and now I actually look forward to it. Why? Because I know it works. I know how to do it, and I know my demons. I also know that inaction will absolutely kill my business, and I don't want that to happen. I don't have a sales force. I don't have people cold calling Monday through Friday. I don't pay an admin to go into my LinkedIn account and act as me to connect with people. Yes, I actually know people who do that, and I've done videos on that and why it's super bad for your business and brand to do something like that. So please don't do that. If you're going to be on social media, be yourself. Anyway, sorry about that little sidebar there. But the bottom line is that when you become self-aware of your propensities and fears that stop you from taking action, you become fully empowered to change. So how do you reverse it? Once you've identified the thing you're doing or not doing to stop the potential of becoming more profitable, getting more clients, and building your business portfolio, well, what's the next step? How do you deal with it? Well, it's actually pretty simple. I'll share what I did that worked like a charm. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. Season two of the Simplify and Multiply show is all about dealing with fears and unknowns in business. And no one knows the reality of staring fear in the face better than a solopreneur. That's why I created a community where solos could gather in a judgment-free, safe space that is overflowing with people who are facing similar challenges unique to a solopreneur. We all need to support one another, and I can't think of a more positive environment than that of solo professionals growing their businesses. This is why I created the Simplify and Multiply Peer Club. If you are a solo, no matter where you are in your business, starting out or leveling up, I invite you to join us in the Peer Club for the support, the community, and the inspiration solo professionals need to thrive. Visit simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up to be part of this very special group. So when you're talking about reversing something that's holding you back, what's really going on? Once we become aware of why we're in an action and not getting stuff done the way we know we need to get it done to achieve our goals, why doesn't everything just fall into place? Well, we still need to change our behavior. And guess what? That's scary. I know you're probably thinking, oh, great, Terry, we're back at square one with fear again. Thanks a bunch. I know, but just listen. This is why we struggle with fear, because we can't figure a way out of it, because we don't think it through deeply enough where it makes sense to change a behavior. If we don't fully understand what's going on, our attempts at behavior changes won't last. We'll revert back to old patterns and find ourselves stuck back in the fear-driven behavior. And what's worse is that we'll write off the attempted behavior change as ineffective. Then any future attempt to change a behavior related to it will be that much more difficult. That's simply more negative conditioning. And ironically, my friend, that is the key to conquering, or as in this case, reversing inaction that's driven by fear. Now, let me explain what I did to reverse my inaction when it came to developing new business opportunities. So my big thing, as you may have heard me talk about before, was that I resisted prospecting because I hated to bother people. 
I know, <laughs> sounds kind of silly, but that's actually where I was coming from. And it was my reason for not picking up the phone or emailing someone. I didn't want to bother them. Why was that such a big deal to me? Because I personally hate being bothered by salespeople and robot calls to the point of wanting to consider violent acts <laughs> that involve hot pokers or releasing a stampede of bulls in their general direction. Sorry, I know that was a bit much, <laughs> but I, that is how much I hate people and robots calling me with pitchy, salesy messages. I mean, they're such time wasters. I mean, even as I'm saying this, I'm getting this creepy, icky feeling all over my body. Ugh, it's just awful. I hate it with a passion. And I still do. And that was my story and my behaviors resulted in total inaction. I wasn't making calls. I wasn't reaching out. My business was starting to crater, even though I had referrals coming in, which was the only thing keeping me going along with my existing clients. Thank God for them, really. Now, I knew something had to change. The more I fretted over my lack of solid, steady, predictable business growth, the worse I felt about it. I had anxiety that kept me up at night. I had thoughts that were borderline worst case scenario, like my business would fail, I'd lose my house and have to take up residence under <laughs> under an overpass or something and, and stand on the ramp uh, at the exit holding a piece of ripped cardboard scribbled with will design websites for food or something like that. My mind was in a frenzy of fearful outcomes if something didn't change. Now, note that this was all mental at this point. Everything that was stopping me was in my mind. Everything that was stressing me out was in my mind. I had no reality to base any of it on, meaning I had clients, I had referrals coming in, and I was okay. I was doing all right, but I knew, I just knew that what I was doing was not sustainable, that eventually the referrals would stop that eventually the clients would taper to maybe maintenance clients or they would just leave. That unless I changed what I was doing, my business would be in serious trouble and so would I. So this is what I did. After figuring out what was stopping me, the fear of bothering someone, I it's kind of like I correlated that to behaviors I was doing that kept me in inaction. So I basically was using work as an excuse to be too busy to prospect. I also felt I needed to learn as much as possible about the prospect. So I also didn't appear like a total doofus when I reached out to them. You know, have some context when I called them so they weren't all like, you know, do you actually know anything about my business? which had also been a hated thing about me getting cold calls where they'd like, okay, kid, get this. <laughs> they try to sell me janitorial services. I work from home. Or they try to sell me payroll services. I have no employees. Really, people? Come on. Every single time. So between using the excuse of I'm busy doing client work to I've got to do a CIA level intense scrutiny of the prospect, know everything about them so I don't look stupid when I finally do reach out preparation, I was getting nothing done. Not one thing. <laughs> now, I got to tell you, as I share this, I'm kind of laughing at how I actually acted and the way I thought. I can only imagine where my business and income would be today if it weren't for those fears stopping my growth. 
my taking big leaps in growing Better 3. For years, I struggled with that. The next thing I did was I detached myself from the situation. The first thing I thought of when I assessed my situation and the lack of results, they, it came from a really judgy place, you know. I felt bad about myself because I knew I was the reason I was in the situation in the first place. It wasn't someone else's fault or the economy's fault or my industry. It was totally on me. And, you know, it was really sobering. And when you're a solopreneur, it can be deflating. There's no one there to shore you up or make you feel whole. You've got to do it yourself. Why? Because no one else other than a solopreneur gets it. Preach. I was lucky, however, to have my boyfriend Doug there to help me look at it unemotionally and objectively. It was hard, but I did. You know, from his perspective, it was simple because he wasn't fished in by the story or the emotions and fears that I was. And, you know, that was super helpful for me because, you know, it gave me that perspective that enabled me to look at it differently. So if you're having trouble getting perspective, find a friend or another solopreneur who can help you see it. That's why I love our Simplify and Multiply Peer Club. It's exactly why I created that community, so we can support one another objectively and empathetically. So here's the funny thing. Once I got that objective viewpoint, I actually laughed at how ridiculous I was being. It became so obvious that I was at the root of my business struggle, and it was funny. Getting that distance and stepping back out of the emotion allows you to have that kind of perspective. You get away from the judgy statements about it and can see it for what it is and the steps you have to take to change it. So after that perspective, do you know what I did? I did what I did after my husband Chuck died and I almost and I lost my job and had a total freak out meltdown about my life. I got out my journal and I wrote full what if scenarios for every fear, every worry, every negative concern I had about what might happen. And that's all it is, you know. That thing you dread hasn't happened in most cases. In fact, I'd never had one prospect call, you know, on the ones that I actually forced myself to do before I figured out how to address this challenge that had a bad outcome. I never was called names. I was never badmouthed. I never pissed someone off. I got I never got hung up on or any of the things I was actually worried I would do if I prospected and cold called people. In fact, I got business from prospecting and I got good at it. Now, when you write out or visualize the what-if scenarios, they become tangible in your mind, and you can then apply what you want to have happen from them. So it's kind of like you're shifting how you think about doing something you dread doing. This works because when we fear something, our brain stops at the worst outcome and how we'll feel and what that says about us. We never think beyond that. We never think, what if it goes well? What if it works out? What if it turns out to be the most amazing thing that ever happened to me in my business? See, that's the trickery of fear in the mind. It shuts us down and closes us in. So the next thing I did was I got practical about it. I made a list of the things I could do that would help me be in action. I literally broke down prospecting into micro steps. Sort of like I was building like a process around the task of prospecting. 
from creating a contact in my CRM to limiting my time researching them, to where and how I made my initial outreach and what value I can bring to them. And of course, the follow-up with critical action as well. It didn't stir as much fear. However, it was still an outreach and to a degree triggered my, I don't want to bother people, fear. After I had my list of steps, I allowed myself to take baby steps, if you will, accomplishing them. Sort of like getting into a very cool pool or a cold ocean. You can either tiptoe in or you can just take a plunge. But the plunge is often more painful than the tiptoe. The other thing I made sure I did not do was beat myself up if I slipped or didn't do as much as I committed myself to do. This is why allowing yourself to take baby action steps is better than forcing yourself to do something you know is going to be a struggle for you. Now, there are other schools of thought. Some coaches may have a more forceful approach, but that doesn't always work for me. I don't like it, and it really doesn't fit my personality or my temperament. There are times it's called for, which I can see the value in, but not in all cases. Now, to create and embed habits where you're doing something that you want to do that yields a good result on a regular basis, it works best to do a new behavior once a day for about 30 days or so. This is what I did next. Fortunately, I allowed myself to take weekends off, but sometimes I do a little bit of research on the weekends, but mainly I did my new baby step actions Monday through Friday. Another way to make the new behaviors more permanent and beneficial is to reward yourself for doing them. Find a way to treat yourself with something when you accomplish your new action. Give yourself credit for being responsible and being in action to forward your goals. Now, in my case, the best reward was a new client that I would not have normally secured beforehand. When I started prospecting with deliberate intention to serve, help, and connect, I got results and fast. And that's pretty much all there is to it. Now, do I still have those fears and resistance to prospecting? Of course I do. They're always running in the background, whispering like fears do, but they don't have a front seat next to me in my life anymore. And they don't stop me from moving forward. The jig is up and I've got their number. I know what I do that stops me from building my business and I'm doing something about it. And that makes me proud. It makes me happy that I care enough about my business and those people out there who need me to help them with their marketing to do something that's uncomfortable to improve the outcomes that everyone gets. So I'll leave you with this. Fear is always going to be present in our lives. It's normal, it's healthy, and it's part of who we are. Embrace it for the good that it brings to your life, but know in your heart of hearts that it's also something you can learn from and choose not to let it stop you from being the amazing you that I know you are. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. 
That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.